so this is the very first time we are going live, live, live. Uh, we have gone live before, but during lockdown, this is the first time we are live in our building. And uh, it is just so incredible. The feeling of being back is just it is brilliant. It is good. It is exciting. And uh, so we're excited, and I hope you're excited in your homes. We're praying that as we have come back into the building, that a desire is going to grow in your heart that you want to get back here. Yes, I know it's comfortable in our homes. It's comfortable lying in bed, perhaps watching this sermon. But there's something about coming to the house. There's something about gathering physically together that I believe changes circumstances. So, I'm going to be preaching on a subject that is very dear to my heart. It's something that I am trying to make a pattern in my own life, my own ministry. Uh, It is something that I believe is vital in terms of our walk with God. It's a subject that I've preached on. Um, You've heard many sermons about this, and I believe that it's important that we don't just hear it today, but we practice it. So out there, uh, I want you to get ready because I'm going to be sharing something that we got to practice. It's not something that I just want you to hear. Uh, it's not something that I just want you to, to put a comment down or inside here, shout an amen. This is something that actually has to happen in our lives. So are you ready for it? Let's pray in, for God's Word right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, we bring the Word of God before you. Not a man, not the instrument, but the message, empowered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that everything that will be said and done, everything that we say today, everything that will flow from the throne room of God into our hearts today will not just be a good word, won't just be something that will tickle our ears, but Father, it would make an impact in our lives forever. We pray in the name of Jesus that today, Every word spoken will be empowered by you, Holy Spirit. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. So, I want to quote a few scriptures before we get into the message today. And the the scriptures we're going to quote are so powerful that at the end of the scriptures, we could just literally say, Amen, and go home. Or amen and make breakfast in your homes. I don't know what it is. But these are powerful scriptures. And today these scriptures I'm praying would speak to us. You ready? 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10 says this. And Jabez called on God, the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would, what's the word there? Bless me. A lot of people have problems when we ask God to bless us. Do you know there are many Christians out there that don't believe that we should be asking God to bless us. But I believe it's a good prayer to pray, Lord, bless us. Bless us. Why? Because everything that we do in life, we actually need God's blessing in. Because if God is blessing you, I want you to know something. The world's economy, the, the, the rand falling to the dollar, uh, businesses being shaken at the moment will have no impact on us if we are blessed by God himself. Come on, church, it's time for us to actually start praying, Lord, bless me. With the right motive, though. Don't go, Lord, bless me so I can have fancy motor cars, big houses, big bank accounts, uh, so that I can go and get my face done all the time. You know, the facials ladies, you know what I'm talking about? All right, so here's the thing. We're going to be praying, Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing. That's right. So, Lord, bless me indeed. 
and make my, and this is what I want to focus on today, make my border larger and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil so that it may not grieve me. And here is such an important part. And God granted him what he asked. Isaiah 54 verse 2. Make the place of your tent what? Larger. Get it bigger. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall break out on the right and on the left. And your seed shall inherit the nations. And people will inhabit, your people will inhabit ruined cities. Do not fear. For you shall not be ashamed, nor shall you blush, for you shall not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth and shall not remember the reproach of widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, Jehovah of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, he shall be called." Today, I believe that God is going to challenge someone here today. God is going to challenge someone right there in their homes today. It's time, church, to extend our borders. It's time, church, to extend the ten pegs. It's time to see increase. Now, that might sound crazy because we're, in a, we're almost in a recession. The whole world is downscaling. The whole world is, is getting smaller. But here's the thing. I believe in this day and age, God is calling the church to extend itself. God is calling the church to increase the kingdom of God like never, ever before. And you and I are part of that plan. You and I need to see the increase of God's presence, God's blessing, and God's favor in our lives. Not that we can be bigger and better people, but that the kingdom of God may advance. Anyone with me? Come on. When we entered in lockdown, we were told, and wisely so, to consolidate uh, to, to, in order to survive what was coming. We were literally told, close your doors, keep to yourselves, save your money, put everything on hold until it is over. That's what we were told. Now, now that's not bad advice. However, when it comes to faith, you can't do that. I want you to hear me loud and clear. Those listening at home, those in the building today, hear me loud and clear. You can do that with your fire in your own homes. Lock yourself up. You can close the, the physical church doors, but you cannot do that with faith. Faith can never be shut up. Faith cannot be uh, uh, put into a box. Faith cannot be digging, uh, digging, <laughs> dug, uh, dug into a ground and hidden away. You can't do that. Here's the thing. You actually have to release faith. You have to actually exercise faith. Faith has to get out there. Faith has to get out of there, into here, into here, out of here, everywhere. Faith always needs to be increasing. We can't lock it away. We are a faith-based people. We are saved by grace, what? Through 
faith. Our whole existence as Christians is not based on our buildings, our preaching styles, our praise and worship team, our missions program. It is based, it is rooted in our faith in Jesus Christ. That's who we are as a people. That's how we should be known to the nations as people of faith. But what has happened to the church, and I believe that what this lockdown has done, what has happened to the church in the past is that our, our uh, who people recognized us as was always, in other words, if you want to know what the church is like, come on a Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to reverse that and say, if you want to know what the church is like, look at us in our workplaces. Look at us on the streets. Look at us at the beachfront. Look at us while we're driving. Look at us in our own homes. Here's the thing. The church needs to be known as people of faith, not on a Sunday morning, but on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday. I'm amazed at so many people. Over this time period, I don't know if you've seen this, have end time preaching. Have you seen that? If you're on Facebook, if you go on YouTube, everyone is preaching the end is near. Am I right? Which is great, but let me ask you the same question Jesus asked about the end times. I'm going to ask the same question Jesus asked. So if we all believe, whoa, the end is near. Jesus is coming back now. Many preachers, are. if you believe that, this is what Jesus Christ asked about the end times. Luke 18 verse 8. I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. In other words, he's coming quickly. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on earth when he what? returns. Here's a very important question Jesus asked. Okay, so all the preachers out there, they're preaching, Jesus is coming. All the, uh, all the, the Christians are now locking up their doors and like praying, Jesus, come quickly, and we are not going to leave this house until you come. My question is, Jesus asked the question, will he find faith on earth when he comes? has been called to be people of faith. Hebrews teaches us simply put, simply put, Hebrews teaches us this. You know what it teaches us? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can preach whatever you want to preach. You can live to whatever standard you want to live. But if it is not increasing your faith, it is pointless. It's messed up. We are supposed to be people of So how do we Enlarge our faith, especially during what we call fearful times. So I'm going to look at a few keys. And if we practice what we're about to preach today, we're going to become devil-chasing, debt-canceling, bondage-breaking, yoke-destroying, mountain-moving, world-changing, ever-increasing faithful people on this day and age. You want to be like that? I want to be like that. I want my faith to be increased in such a way that people will recognize God in me and demons will flee. Come on. I, I want to walk into a place where someone who's so full of demons, just like it happened with Jesus, the demons just fell down, caused the guy to fall down, and guess what? Deliverance took place. 
Could you imagine going into pick and pay just to go buy some Coca-Cola or, or Pepsi, and as you walk in, someone's like, ah, son of God, what do you want? And it's not you, it's the Son of God in you that he recognizes. Come on, church. Isn't it time for signs, wonders, and miracles to be part and parcel of who we are in Jesus Christ? So number one, there's the first thing I want to focus on. And the first thing in terms of increasing your faith, how do we enlarge our faith is simply this, expand your boundaries. Now, to, to, to understand that, let me ask a question especially for those at home right now. Do you believe that the Bible is true? I I hope you do. (laughs) I really do. Because if you believe that the Bible is true and it has nothing but the truth in it, listen to the scripture, Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive, listen to these words, that God is not a respecter of what? Persons. So if God, if the Bible is true, and this verse is true, that means that God is not a respecter of persons. That means that what God can do for Dave, what God can do for Mick, what God can do for Ryan, he can do for me. Because he's not a respecter of persons. So here's the thing. I trust everyone's answer when I ask the question, is the Bible truth, would answer yes. Because let's read 1 Chronicles 4, 9 again, but in a different translation, the New Living Translation. This is what it says. There was a man named Jabez, we went through this before, who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because of his birth. His birth was painful. He was one who prayed to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me, expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from trouble and pain. And God, and God what? Granted his request. We just all agreed that God is not a respecter of persons. So if God could look upon Jabez and say, You know what? I will enlarge your territories. I will enlarge your borders. Ladies and gentlemen, we also can ask God to come and enlarge our borders, enlarge our territories enlarge our influence, enlarge our finances, enlarge every area of our lives so that you can be with us and people can recognize that. He is not a respecter of persons. So we have the right to ask God. A lot of Christians do not ask God because of guilt. Just stop there for a moment. We don't want to ask God because of guilt. Either we feel we're not good enough or people have taught us, listen, stay humble, Now, we must be humble, but stay humble, stay poor, stay broken. Stay where you are. Can I say something? I don't want to be broken. I want to be whole in Jesus' name. I believe with all my heart that God can heal, he can deliver, he can save, he can still do big and great things. If he could take someone who had leprosy and not just heal them, but make them whole, guess what? He can take someone who has got cancer and make them whole and heal them. He can take someone uh, that has got diabetes and heal them in Jesus' name. There's nothing impossible for God, and he is not a respecter of persons. So if he can heal someone of leprosy, he can heal someone of cancer. If he can take Jabez and increase his territory and boundaries, guess what? He can do that in this day and age as well. It's time for us to see increase. 
He wants to expand the boundaries of our physical sphere and also our mental capacity. We actually got to see things increasing. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says this, his kingdom is ever increasing. If we're part of his kingdom, his kingdom needs to be increasing in our lives. Psalm 119.32, New Living Translation says this, I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. If we're going to see increase, it has to start here. Now let's be honest. Let's be totally honest. How we see things up here is going to determine how we physically react. Now, I, I remember, uh, uh, you know, school days, which was just the other day, how there would be some really big guys, big guys, but incredibly fearful. Then you have these short little oaks. I don't know if you've seen these short little scrum offs. You know, if you play, watch rugby, you've got these short little scrum offs, and they will tackle giants. Why? Because in here they're a giant. See, it doesn't matter what you physically have, it's what you physically have here. So, what is a border? Come on, easy question, what's a border? So the dictionary describes a border as this. It is a line separating two countries, two administrative divisions, or other areas. In other words, it is a thing of control. A border is a thing of control, control of movement and of laws. So in other words, in South Africa, we've got borders. And within these borders, we've got our own laws, our own restrictions, our own freedoms. Everything we have within our borders is ours. The kingdom of God, by the way, is a kingdom without borders. You want to extend your boundaries? Let me tell you what, in the kingdom of God, there is no boundary. Because the kingdom of God is always advancing. It is always huge. It is ever increasing. Guess what? Our responsibility is to increase the kingdom of God's borders in us. We're the ones that border in the kingdom of God. We're the ones that limit the kingdom of God. It's time for us to change our thinking and increase our borders, increase our understanding, increase our faith in Jesus' name. Let's get rid of the borders. Let's get rid of the things that restrict the kingdom of God in our lives. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. Now, it's interesting. If you go and you take your Hebrew concordance, right? The issues of life uh, is a Hebrew word, totsah. I hope I said that right for all those who are Hebrew out there. I hope I said that right. And it's actually, believe it or not, a real estate term. It actually speaks about borders and perimeters. In other words, when I read that scripture, this is my understanding of that scripture. Catch this. Catch this if you can. Your heart sets the borders of your life. Wow. Your heart. set the borders for your we have used the terms my upbringing has led me this way you don't understand Pastor Ryan I was restricted
that in my home we didn't have finances. In my home we didn't have a father figure. In my home there was no love. In my home it was always just pain. In my home I had so many restrictions. Can I tell you what? Your heart, if it's after God, there is no more restrictions. I want you to be set free. Someone needs to hear this. Stop blaming your past. Stop blaming your mother, your father. It's time to cut free. It's time to break free from everything. God holds your heart today. He is your father. He is your redeemer. He is your Lord. He is your king. And in him, you have everything that you have need of. Don't allow the enemy to break what God has in store for you in terms of your future. That's why the New Living Translation translates the same Proverbs verse that we read. It translates it like this. says, God your heart above all else, for it determines the course of to the Word. Let's understand what God has provided for us. Second thing. Elevate, now this is, this is big words I use and I did it on purpose, okay, listen to this. Elevate your con- conversation to a higher spiritual and success level. Let me repeat that. Elevate your conversation to a higher spiritual and success level. Eliminate the words, I quit, I just can't. I try, I try, and then I fail over and over again. Anything that's negative, anything that compromises the Word of God, let's choose today to eliminate it and remove it from our speech. Remember what we said, guard your heart. Because there's a scripture that says, out of the abundance of it, what? The mouth speaks. What is in your heart today is going to come out of here. If God is in your heart today, God is going to come out of here. If the Word of God is in your heart today, the Word's going to come out of here. If, uh, if, if fear is in your heart, it's going to come out of here. So here's the thing. I want to tell you and teach you four words that is going to change your life forever. If we can get these four words... Four powerful words into our mind and our heart. Think before you speak. It'll change everything. How do I know that? Because you know it already. We've all done this before. We say things without thinking, and guess what? You're in trouble. Am I right? Husbands, we know that. We've done that many times. Wives as well. We say something, and then someone shoots you a look. You're like, oh, yes. And you're in trouble. That's the reality. We all do that. But if we can actually get this right, in every area of our lives, things will change. Think about that. Think before you speak. Before, if, if, if a bank manager comes and he shows you, Yo, it's looking bad. Before you say something, think. Because if you agree with that curse, it's yours. I want you to understand that many times people without thinking curse us and then all of a sudden we agree with it and we become that. Yes, South Africa is terrible. Yeah, it is. Whoa, there we go. We just agreed with a curse. You know that that group of people, they are terrible. Yes, well, they will be. 
Ladies and gentlemen, as soon as the enemy comes with a curse, we have a choice to either accept it or reject it. When you get that hospital report, yes, it might be a fact, be really what's happening in your life, but guess what? As you get that report, you have a choice to either accept it or reject it. You have this disease. Well, if I have the disease, that means it's placed upon Jesus Christ and I am healed in his name. Come on, church. It's time for us to think before we speak. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says this, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech to the spiritual progress of others as it is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing, keyword, a blessing, and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. No unwholesome, nothing terrible supposed to come out of this mouth. Speak the pure, powerful, positive word of God in every situation. Deuteronomy challenges us this way, and I'm almost coming to an end now, so I need you to concentrate, I need you to hear this. This is going to change someone's life. Deuteronomy gives us this warning. Listen to this. Behold, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. In other words, guys, there is a choice that is set before every single person that's listening to this message today. The choice is given to us by God himself. I've put before you blessing and cursing, life and death. This is the choices we have in that I command you today to love Jehovah your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments so that you may live and multiply. And Jehovah your God shall bless you in the land where you go and possess it. But do not turn away your heart so that you will not hear but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely perish if you, if you shall not prolong your days on the land where you pass over the Jordan to go and possess it. I call, important, heaven and earth to record today against you. I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed, generations to come after you, will live. That's what you have before you in terms of increasing your faith, enlarging your borders, increasing your influence. That is what is set before you today to be a blessing or a curse. <clears throat> Words are powerful. Someone once said this, be mindful when it comes to your words. A string of some that don't mean much to you may stick with someone else for a lifetime. We all know the power of words. I don't have to convince you. Perhaps there was teachers in your life that spoke down to you. Perhaps it was a parent that spoke evil against you. And it doesn't just leave you. It seems to stick with you forever until we decide to turn our hearts to Jesus, to come to him. Someone also said this, words are free. 
It's how you use them that may cost you. It's how you use them. Because someone has said to me, and I know someone has said to you, it's just words. No, it's not just words. It's blessings and it's curses. One kind word can change someone's entire day. Did you know that? One kind word can save someone's life. As believers, we need to learn the power of the spoken word. As long as there's breath in our bodies, we need to be conscious of the fact that when we speak, listen to this, this is the truth. When we speak, you speak what? Breath. Am I right? Try and talk and hold your breath. It doesn't last very long. Am I right? So when you speak, you speak breath. Hold on. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke. Guess what? He spoke. That means breath came from him. How do I know that breath brings life? Well, God creates man. Man is fully formed. But guess what? He is not living. How did we become alive? He breathed life into us. Ladies and gentlemen, when you speak, you speak breath. That means you speak life or you're going to speak death. we got to speak life. Every word where we speak brings life. And this, this just helps me. Um, we need to visualize this. It's like when you speak, it's like sowing seeds. When you take a seed and you plant it in the ground, what happens? It should grow. Am I right? When a farmer plants seed, what does he do? He doesn't just take seed that he does not know. He doesn't just scatter everywhere. So there's pawpaws there, lemons there, nachis there. No, when, some, when a farmer sows, he sows on purpose. When we sow, we got to sow on purpose. When we speak, we got to speak with purpose. Isaiah uh, 55, 11, this is speaking about God and words. So will my words be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So I want to finish. I want to end this off. When God speaks, he speaks with purpose. He speaks a word so that it will accomplish what it has been sent out to do. Imagine if we had the same thinking. So when I speak to you, I speak to you with a purpose. I speak a word to you that's going to accomplish something. Ephesians chapter 1 teaches us this. Listen to this. That Jesus is now seated where? The right hand of the Father. He is seated on a throne. When a king sits on a throne, whatever he says, listen to this, this is truth. Whatever he says from the throne becomes law. His words are powerful. If you come before a king and you've got a dispute, whatever the king decrees, it has to happen. Ephesians chapter 2 teaches us something so interesting. What does it teach us? We are now seated together with Christ. Where? In the heavenlies. In other words, we are seated with God, with Jesus on the throne. What you say, what you decree has to take place. 
What are you speaking in your life? I want to challenge someone listening today in this building at your homes. I want my faith to increase. I want to enlarge my borders. I want to have bigger thinking. I want to have bigger faith. I want to accomplish more for God in this lockdown than I did before the lockdown. Perhaps it's time for us to change our language. Perhaps it's time for us to understand that in order for me to enlarge my tent, to enlarge my borders, to enlarge my faith, what comes from my heart needs to come out of here. What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your business? What are you speaking in this lockdown experience? What are you speaking about the coronavirus? If you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, listen to this, small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. What is the language of corona that we live in today? We're preparing for death. We're preparing more mortuaries. We're preparing more graveyards. Why? Because we're expecting death. Church, let us speak life. Let us speak healing in Jesus' name. Let us speak the miraculous. Let us start saying that, you know what? Uh, our, our recovery rate is not just going to increase. It's going to triple in Jesus' name. Those who are on ventilators now uh, on, the, on the verge of death, we speak life into you in Jesus' name. Come on, church. It's time for us to increase our borders, increase our faith in Jesus. Are you willing to do that? Right there where you are. I'm going to ask everyone here, everyone at home, Close your eyes, bow your heads, come on. Let's take this challenge. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come right now and build faith within us. Church, it's time for us to increase our faith and not decrease in our faith. You ready? I'm going to pray this blessing over you right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we speak life. I speak to every single person that's online, every person in this building. And I speak life into you. Father, forgive us where we've cursed ourselves. Forgive us where we've cursed others. Forgive us where we've cursed our country. Lord, today, as your children, we declare life. And we ask, Lord, increase our borders. Like Jabez asked, we ask, Lord, bless us with a purpose, Lord, to be a blessing. So, Lord, right now, we don't want to use our past as an excuse. We're not going to use our upbringing as an excuse. Lord, we're a brand new creation in you. So, Lord, I thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and do a work within all of us, including myself. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone at home and in the building says, Amen.